Welcome to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss the unidentified. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss the unidentified, the unexplainable, paranormal, conspiracies, and much more. Star your host and co-host, Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer Ryan Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 107.7 New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. <laughs> Remember to like us on Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> you see this? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love now, it. Now, this is for all the tin caps conspiracy theorists who said a long time ago that Fauci was a rat. I just thought I'd throw that in there. So you know what I'm talking about. I don't even have to tell you what this is all about. So you'll know. Okay. I will take it off for you. I know I know you guys like me in this, but yeah. I just can't do the show without my hat. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to talk to our yeah. guest about that because that's a psychological thing, maybe. Um, tonight we're going to discuss is our anniversary show. So I'm so excited. It's been one year since we've yep. been on the air. And I'm so happy to say that, huh, Sean? Yes, I'm glad you are. I'm glad I am happy to say that, too. I really Holy didn't think no. that we'd we make made it, it for a whole year. And yeah. uh, we're going to celebrate that with our very first guest, yep. psychologist, author, Brian Sharpless. Welcome to Chase and Prophecy. Happy anniversary, everyone. Thank Thanks, you. Brian. Glad Thank to be you. back on the anniversary. Yeah. Yes. Almost the yes. anniversary show. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. It's uh, fun. I can't believe we made it this long. I know. That's the only good thing about COVID, um, I have to say, was this show. So <laughs> yes, we have absolutely. a lot to talk about tonight, guys, Jason and Brian and Sean. Tonight's mm -hmm. show is going to recap, revisit our very first show, which we talked about sleep paralysis shadow people uh sleep demons but we also are going to dive into the i want to get brian's view on this the latest ufo videos that is suggesting that there is something out there if there isn't we're in some deep trouble with uh china or russia so i'm kind of hoping it's uh aliens <laughs> so or some kind of special equipment that they have and they're just not telling us about well, hope they're nice aliens. Yeah, I hope they're yeah. I hope they're good looking aliens. I, I, I'm 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 not looking forward to those creepy ones from like Alien. <laughs> That'd be scary. But Brian, um, let us know. Tell us what you've been doing, what you've been up to um, in the last uh, year. Last year, geez, uh, COVID, seeing patients, teaching, writing, usual stuff. Just uh, less of a commute. Unless the commute. Yeah. Are you doing anything um, special with the sleep paralysis? Uh, yeah, I've started another study in Czech Republic. So uh, I just finished a project mm. with a collaborator there where we're looking at sleep paralysis that people experience as pleasant. And as you all know, most people do not experience it that way. Yeah. So we did a study of that, uh, that uh, small segment of the population that finds it actually enjoyable. 
Well, how, can you can you give us a little about this enjoyable sleep paralysis? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, as you can imagine, uh, they don't typically involve the uh, you know the evil figures jumping on top of you and things like that. It seems that the people with pleasant sleep paralysis. Uh, have some of the hallucinations where they feel like they're moving, like they're floating or flying. And it turns out one of the few predictors of uh, whether you enjoy it or not is how open you are to new experiences. So that was the personality trait that was most associated with people who have um, pleasant experiences of it, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. Because usually when people wake up and they're paralyzed, um, they're, they're pretty scared. Yeah. yeah, I just can't, I can't imagine it being enjoyable. I mean, Unless they're having a massage. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine um, being, not being able to move as being enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary if you. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and COVID. So you dealt with COVID working. Um, any, you, so have you seen a lot of people struggling through the year with COVID? Oh, Sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's been uh, tough on everybody, and every every practitioner I know, including myself, has a massively long wait list right now for patients. Just there's not enough people out there to help, so it's pretty sad. Yeah, that that, that is, yeah, the whole situation. I, I know the suicide rate was up, and they didn't they haven't really talked about that uh, in the mainstream media. I mean, it's like that's something that they're just ignoring. But according to a lot of my friends and family and People on Facebook and other YouTubers um, that lost family members due to depression because of COVID. Yeah, depression and anxiety and drinking have been way up. I, I think there was something like a 40 or 50 percent increase in alcohol sales between March and April of 2020. So, yeah. Holy smokes, that t- man. That tells you. <laughs> yeah, that tells you. Yeah. People are trying to cope, maybe not in the best way. Okay, so... Um, the young lady that was supposed to be on the show is who, who must have chickened out. She was, I'm going to read you what she, what she emailed me on. It was kind of um, very unusual. It's not your typical sleep paralysis. Maybe she seems like she was visited by something, but um, I'm going to go ahead and read what she wrote. And so maybe she'll pop on. Maybe she won't. Um, but she said she had her first experience as a 14-year-old, as vivid as today as it was then. And she wrote, I just, I had just abruptly woken up from nightmare where I was drowning. I couldn't breathe. Something was walking in the room towards an antique easel with an antique painting resting on it. The painting was a um, censure. I'm not really sure what she means by that. I thought it was my brother and started talking to him and it was 5.30 in the morning. My dog barking bit at me, running off the bed and out of the room. I got up in bed to look closer. My brother was not answering me. It was a blue-white fibrous, fibrous egg. Hmm. A fibrous egg of light from the floor to the ceiling. It appeared to be a feminine energy. It flowed but also moved as if it's in fractal energies. There's much more detail after that. Um, the, the person or the feminine entity stayed in the room for a good six minutes. She said, I was frozen, paralyzed with fear, even though I was, it was a gentle energy. I had to go. 
um, I woke up about 5.30 in the morning. And then she went on to say, I was up to where it moved in a in fractal energy, but in a flow. It went over to the painting. This entity was busy. It started to swipe back and forth with its hand or what would be a hand. I was petrified in my bed, but managed to check the clock to see the time was passing as if it was staying in the room. She says, I saw her turn to look towards me on the bed as I banged my head off the headboard when I went down. It must have heard the noise because she turned at that moment, then she came towards me by the foot of the bed. This was an overwhelming flow of energy, this blue-white light energy flooding out towards me and enveloping me, yet still I remained frightened. Then she lifted up her sides to look like wings going towards upward, but it was just the light flowing upward and she dissipated as she reached the ceiling. And then she said, yes, however, I felt energy because I asked her, I said, did, what did she think it was? Was it some kind of sleep demon, like some kind of entity in her room? And she said, yes, however, I felt energies around me from a young age. She's always had these energies around her. This was more experiences when I was in my 20s, when I lived with her father, when she lived with my, she said, when I lived with my father, he witnessed what I witnessed a couple times. So she wasn't the only one who saw this. There was more frequencies of events that um, happened to her. So, and she said she did have, she did have sleep paralysis. She's considering it sleep paralysis. So, and that is what she had to say. What do you think, Brian? Well, first off, anything I say tonight is not medical advice. It is for entertainment purposes. Yes, <laughs> it is. Throw that out there. Yes, yes. I, I like, put it I like in the promo license. too. Yes. <laughs> well, it's kind of confusing, isn't it? Because she claims she was paralyzed, but then she got up and was moving around the room. She said she got up at a certain time, but I'm not sure if she got up uh, before or after she saw these things. So I'm not sure if it was a dream, sleep paralysis or what. And she's not here to tell us. Yeah. Right. But certain uh, aspects of it, I mean, could could be consistent with sleep paralysis. Just for your audience, um, this is the experience a lot. Of, I would guess at least some of you have had it is where you're either going to bed or you're waking up and you find yourself completely unable to move. So it's not oh, just yeah. feeling heavy in your limbs. It's not just feeling tired, but you physically can't move anything except for your eyes. And about 80 or 90% of the time that people have this, they're experiencing hallucinations. And the vast mm. majority of them are scary hallucinations, usually involving an intruder of some sort, pressure on your chest, things like that. Mm. Oh, I got one for Brian. Uh, okay. So Brian, I got one for you uh, since it's been a while. Uh, so we're talking about the sleep paralysis and demons and stuff like that. Uh, there was probably, I told uh, Jenny and Sean about this a couple weeks ago. This was about, you know, a month ago I was sleeping and uh, I started having this dream that there was this demon choking me, like mm -hmm. just choking me and I couldn't move. And it's like, I can't tell if I was like an in-between sleep and awake, you know, like an awake state. But uh, when I finally came to, my face was like just, buried in my pillow and then I, I woke up i like shook it off i looked around i didn't know where i was for a second so i go to the restroom and uh 
where the demon was choking me, there was actually a red mark on my neck. That was mm-hmm. uh, pretty interesting. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Some people mm. think I'm crazy, which is fine. But, uh, you know, what, what do you think of something like that? Well, I wasn't there, but uh, it's it's interesting that you were kind of you had your you had your head buried in your pillow. So I wonder if maybe some part of the pillow or the bed might have rubbed up against your neck, causing the uh, red mark. Yeah, it was just uh, it was something else, man. I yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love you, Brian. I love you, and I respect you, man. But you know where I stand. You know, I'm this, it's that old hag sitting on my stump on my chest, and I can't move. This guy, but getting. But getting back to uh, that that girl's email, if it's a blue and white one, those are good light colors. That's good energy. And I I believe that it would have been an angel of some sort. Um, the reason being, well, you know, is that, you know, she really, really didn't, I think she really didn't feel bad about it and that she could get up and move. Um, but... I believe it was an angel. And, you know, if nobody ever experienced seeing an angel before or something strange in their bedroom at night, of course they're going to get scared and they're going to be fearful. And then who knows from there? So that's how I feel about that girl's email. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of people uh, talk about that it could be, um, no, angels. And Brian, I know that. Like you're you're the scientist of the group, um, but kind of throws that throws that out, right? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I, I like to see evidence for things, and so I think if you're making the more extraordinary claim, I think the burden of proof is on you to show show some evidence. So right. we know we know that there are lots of experiences that people can have, especially while they're asleep or when they're going to or from sleep. Probably about 20 to 22 percent of the population has hallucinations as they're going to sleep or waking up. And so we can understand these things, uh, knowing what we know about sleep, knowing what we know about sleep stages. So, you know, I'm completely open to the possibility of anything. And I, you know, I don't honestly care what other people believe or not. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not here to try to convince you to, to think like I do, just to be clear. But uh, again, I like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an open-minded like guy you. and I like to respect other people's beliefs, uh, even if we don't share them. That's there's too f- little of that in our society these days. I got to say, you know, we can disagree with people and still be respectful and, and, yes. and nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> But Definitely. yeah, like I said, uh, if if uh, if you're making the claim that it's something sort of outside the realm of our experience, I think it's it's the burden of proofs on the person making that claim. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you noticed with all this year of people, um, the unrest, and in your therapy that there's been more sleep paralysis? And have you discussed any of that with your patients? I mean, if you come across anything like that. Um, I think there's been a lot of insomnia and anytime you have anything that disrupts normal sleep, you're going to make not only sleep paralysis, but the other sleep disorders far more likely to happen. So along with sleep paralysis, you've got uh, things like REM sleep behavior disorder. This is where you act out your dreams. And this can be really dangerous for people that you sleep next to because usually you're having a dream that you're you're being attacked. So you're flailing around punching and there there are lots of documented cases of people being severe uh, hurting people that they're sleeping with 
you've also got um, night terror disorder, nightmare disorders, all these things. So I haven't seen data yet on how much they've increased, but I would guess they've increased significantly just because people's sleep has been so disrupted. People have been stressed out. People have been worried. People have been drinking a lot more and <laughs> alcohol uh, does not do well for your sleep. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, 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 myself, uh, I, on Saturdays, I, that's one of my nights where I have Coke Zero, Diet Coke Zero with Captain Morgan. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I noticed that when I do that, I mean, I only have one shot. I mean, that's, that's all I have. Just that, not a whole shot. Um, well, I'm drinking wine just, right now. I won't judge you. Don't worry. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I am a cheap. Yeah, I I can't drink. Um, but I've noticed when I do that that my sleep is so bad. I mean, I'll wake up. It feels like I was sleeping for two hours, and I woke up, and it's like two seconds. Now I've noticed that with melatonin too. That mm -hmm. my it seems like I'm I've been it seems like I sleep for over hours. And then all of a sudden I wake up, I'm jolted back, and it's only been a couple minutes. Now, is that a sleep disorder? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it a sleep disorder, but your body reacts to alcohol. It's kind of weird because in our society, we usually associate drinking with the evening. Mm -hmm. Nightcap, you go out to a bar, you do all these mm -hmm. things. The problem is that when you do that, um, A, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, it does make you get to sleep a little easier because it's a depressant. The problem is that it, it makes it so you don't go through all the normal sleep stages that you should go through. So non-REM sleep, one, two, three, then REM sleep. It actually suppresses REM sleep. So what happens is as that shot of alcohol in your Coke Zero gets out of your system, uh, then you're going to have more REM activity towards the later part of the night. And then you might end up having um, really vivid dreams. You might even have sleep paralysis as huh. it's working its your its way out of your body. That's crazy. Yeah. I've noticed that my myself that the more I discuss stuff like few of the UFOs that you know that the the, the newest video where the That's wild. Yes, the newest one where they actually are freaking out the, the uh I guess they're pilots or there's some, they're the Navy. I can't remember which one. It was just recently where they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And there was more than one of these UFOs that dived into the water. And then they dived up into the, um, the air going like, uh, what was it a hundred knots? They said, or a thousand knots, something like that. Um, but the more I think about it, the more uptight I get, and I noticed that my dreams are very bizarre. I mean, they're they're getting to the point where they're scary. And I haven't had nightmares in a long time. And then with all this other stuff about the COVID vaccine, and I'm sure you've heard that there's a lot of people, including myself, that doesn't like the side effects and, and chooses not to receive it. Um, and it just makes me really uptight. Um, between that and all this UFO stuff, and you don't know who to believe. I mean, now, even with Fauci coming out um, with his emails, it seems like, who do you believe? And I think it's disrupting my sleep. Hmm. And yeah, I'm, well, not saying I'm sure you're not alone. I mean, anything that causes stress is going to screw with your sleep. And anything that's sort of um, 
put you in a negative state of mind before you go to sleep could potentially make it more likely that you're going to have a nightmare. If you look at people that come back from wars or that were assaulted that have post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the things you notice really quickly if you work with them, their sleep is really disruptive and they're having lots and lots of nightmares. So oh, in yeah. a smaller way, any little stressor will, will kind of cause things like that to happen. And um, yeah, I've, I've heard lots of scary dreams um, over the past year <laughs> from people, needless to say. Needless to say, yeah. there have been a lot of um, scariness. Um, Brian, how do you treat a person that you know definitely has sleep paralysis? How do you treat them? Yeah, there are a few different ways. So I, I developed a short-term psychological treatment based on cognitive behavioral therapy. It takes about five sessions. Um, so you can do that. Um, people, if they don't have access to a therapist that knows how to do that, they can take certain types of medications. So a side effect of, of an antidepressant class called the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac, things like that. Mm -hmm. One of the side effects is that it makes you dream less. So that's normally a side effect when you're treating depression. But if you wanted to treat sleep paralysis, you could give the person a low dose. So they would use the side effect as the active treatment. Okay. And so if you give that to somebody with chronic sleep paralysis, they will um, have less episodes. What, what, and, what's, is it good? I mean, how's the treatment, you know, percentage of people, is it working for them? Oh, well, you, you're assuming that there's enough grant money out there to study sleep paralysis. There's barely enough money to treat depression. Nobody's paying me to treat sleep paralysis. <laughs> no, no, what I mean is, yeah. have you had great results with your patients? Uh, yeah, pretty good results. There have been smaller case studies of these things, and they seem to be uh, effective. But you always have to be nervous, especially if you're doing the treatment yourself, of, of viewing mm -hmm. it as effective or not. You really want uh, out, outside people to judge it. And so in the smaller trials, um, they, they seem to be, it seems to be pretty good. And it, you know, maps on one of the reasons there are a few good reasons to consider the fact that sleep paralysis is not paranormal. One of them is not only does it respond to medication and, and treatment like that, but it also can be induced in a sleep lab. So there were some clever Japanese researchers that hooked people who, who were complaining of sleep paralysis and hallucinations, visitations and all these things put them in a sleep lab and monitored their brain waves so they could tell when they were entering REM sleep. And then when they entered REM sleep, which is the sleep stage, which is where we dream, they would kind of nudge them awake. And so they'd be in a combination of wakefulness with REM sleep. And they were having sleep paralysis episodes. They were experiencing hallucinations. Eight of the 10 people were experiencing hallucinations actually in the sleep lab, hooked up to all the equipment. So uh, that's another good piece of evidence. There also seems to be a genetic contribution. The people that have sleep paralysis seem to have a mutation on the PER2 gene. Mm. And we've known for a while that sleep paralysis travels in families. Um, so that's another good piece of evidence. And then we've even identified the neurotransmitters that cause the paralysis itself. So uh, GABA and glycine are responsible for paralyzing us when we're in REM sleep so that we don't act out our dreams, so we don't hurt people, so we don't hurt ourselves. And in sleep paralysis, you essentially have normal waking consciousness going on with those two aspects of REM sleep, the paralysis and the dreams. 
Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Have, sir, did you ever find any um, reports of anybody actually committing a uh, murder or anything while under the in, in the sleep paralysis state or sleepwalking state? Have you ever heard of anything like that? Uh, not during sleep paralysis because obviously you can't move. It'd be hard to, hard to commit a murder yeah. <laughs> unless you're really good well, with psychic abilities. Yeah, well, if you if you got out of the sleep paralysis, like yeah. in the middle of it, like well, be, I mean, uh, you can imagine terrified. if somebody would murder somebody, um, they would they could be in a state of terror, but they would have conscious wakefulness and the hallucination. Like, let's say they were being they were hallucinating they were being attacked by somebody as soon as movement returns that hallucination goes away it's like that oh. um and this is where it ties nicely into some vampire mythology oh if you, you if, you, if oh. you read yeah right sean that's but uh if Jenny, you look at yeah. the old reports we're not talking hollywood vampires but the real reports no. of vampires they will talk about how they will disappear into a mist just suddenly. Like oh, that. yeah. And they will also have the ability to glamour people, which is mm -hmm. to essentially put them in a trance and paralyze them so they can bite their neck or their chest. Actually, if you look at vampire mythology, necks weren't the main site of sucking the blood. And uh, so, yeah, it maps on kind of nicely into sleep paralysis because you'll see the same thing where somebody will be hallucinating an attacker. And then as soon as they can move their little finger or their tongue or something, the hallucination goes away. Mm, so it's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, but that's... A, um, like extraterrestrials could do the same thing because there's been known that there these disappearance of these children and people who were abducted um, in the national parks. They claim that a lot of them they think are in some kind of a trance. So maybe I could see that where they don't know the person. We're getting back to the shapeshifters and um, like, what was that guy? Got, um, the rescue 411 guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that. That yeah, he's a bit cagey on what he believes actually causes those. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really sure where he stands on it. He seems to imply it could be some cryptid. He seems to imply extraterrestrial sometimes. Um, but I, I don't think we need supernatural things to explain why, especially children disappear. They go sadly. Yeah, well, we know uh, where they go. Disappeared all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, getting back to to the like sleep. I call it sleep. Like terror. oh yeah, I forgot to answer your question. But yes, there are documented cases of murder with people that are undergoing um, sleepwalking. Yes. And there's at least one case I know of of somebody who um, who murdered his wife during an episode of REM sleep behavior disorder. This is where he was having a dream of being attacked. But whereas normally you're paralyzed in REM mm -hmm. sleep behavior disorder, you're not. So he was striking and actually killed his, his wife. Oh, That's the only case I've Damn. ever heard of. But there are a couple a few cases of people that are sleepwalking, which goes on during a different stage of sleep. So that's a non-REM mm -hmm. sleep disorder. Okay. Did that guy um, go to jail? Um, uh, there were several. And if they documented that it was during sleepwalking, they would not, believe it or okay. not. But the trick comes then, how do you determine if somebody's actually sleepwalking? There's another disorder that is causing havoc in the legal world called sexomnia or, or sleep Sexomnia. <laughs> yes. Um, and this is where, and I, I am on the level here. I'm not making this disorder up. Um, you are asleep and having sex. You can engage in all the full range of sexual oh, wow. activity, <laughs> ranging Damn. from... 
dirty talking all the way to full on heterosexual or homosexual sex. And this is where it's wild. So you could have sex with somebody if you were engaged in sexomnia and you would wake up and you would have absolutely no memory of it. Oh, wow. So there are. How um, do you explain if you get pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, 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 a lot, a good chunk of the cases actually that people find out they had sexomnia when they have the police at their door. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. So wow. there are, there are cases of of uh, sexual assaults happening Sneaking where people would What was that? <laughs> Sneaking in windows. Um, That's what Dracula used to do. He used to sleep, you know, look yeah. in people's windows. <laughs> he, he did indeed. Uh, but here, you know, people in sexomnia don't seem to have the motor control to like do that. They usually might just sort of in their own bedroom or they might go to the next room. They can sleepwalk a little bit. Uh, but there are really tragic cases of people um, sexually assaulting family members oh when, under goodness. this, and they had no recollection of it until the next morning. But wow. what makes it legally challenging is, well, how do you figure out if somebody actually has this or if they're just uh, a smart rapist and they want to use this as an excuse? And there are ways to tell, but I will not share them with your, your audience. <laughs> okay. Well, this is not rated G. <laughs> Yes, but I don't want to give anybody ideas either. Oh, <laughs> oh no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. We don't. No, I consulted Jason on any case, ideas. Uh, yeah, I consulted on a case about this in Europe. It was really, it's, 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 it's really amazing stuff. But the legal system just doesn't know how to really wrap its head around it because here you have somebody committing a, one of the worst crimes you could possibly commit: sexually assaulting someone. Uh, but they literally have no memory or intent of doing it and one of the things that we found is that people with sexomnia they do things when they're in a sexomnia episode that they wouldn't do normally so they might be rougher they might say they're uh, heterosexual but when they're in sexomnia they might actually assault against someone of the same sex so there are all these little little sort of variations uh and and little differences of what people do yeah. How huh. would you treat somebody for that? I mean, um, yeah, we, the first thing you do is make sure they um, inform all their family members, make sure they do not do anything that will trigger the episode. So drinking is another thing that can trigger that. Strangely enough, if people have sexomnia and they're sleeping next to somebody and the other person touches them, even just a slight little, you know, kind of a nice rub on the shoulder, that could be enough to trigger mm-hmm. an episode. Wow. So you have to you have to make sure everybody stays safe. So um, inform family members, potentially put locks on the doors so they can't get out. Um, and there are some drugs that they can they can take, um, which will um, reduce the the possibility of uh, episodes. And really, just doing good sleep hygiene, making sure they they go to bed and wake up the same time every day making sure they don't do things uh, that are bad for your sleep all these things will reduce the 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 uh, sexomnia episodes huh yeah let's i never heard of that i learned yeah the world of sleep is wild let me tell you Uh, i think jim gaffigan the comedian i think i i've heard i even heard him say that he sleepwalks a lot and mm-hmm. that his wife actually locks him up in a sleeping bag at night so he oh don't lose or get out. Yeah. 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 I mean, people go to desperate lengths. Um, I, I heard of one person that had sexomnia specifically, 
And this person was so afraid of it. They would physically tie themselves to their bed with ropes every night before they went to bed because they couldn't bear the thoughts of hurting somebody they've cared about. Um, I also um, am familiar with somebody, uh, a vet who had PTSD, who, um, and he's very public about this. So I'm not like talking about a patient. He's, I saw a talk that he gave and he uh, actually got a, a very large dog. And the dog was trained so that when he was sleepwalking, that the dog would go in front of him and keep him from going out in the living room or going wow. near the window. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, dogs are amazing creatures. Yes, they are. Um, there's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have four. guinea pigs. They're not terribly useful for that stuff. But <laughs> and I love them Did you say guinea pigs? Yes. I oh, pigs. you have, yeah. they like, you take them out of the cage and they run around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My niece's guinea pig died recently. She oh, was, oh. yeah. How long? They don't live very long, do they? Five to six years on average. Yeah, my boys are around four. So, oh, they're just they probably love yep. them. Yeah. <laughs> Does your children have nightmares? Oh no, I meant my guinea pigs. Are oh, your children. That's no. what. Oh, yeah. you, well, those this are your boys. children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep I keep my children in the cage. I let the guinea pigs run around. <laughs> well let me tell you let me tell you this isn't paranormal well maybe it is i don't know when we built this house 20 years ago it has it had a catwalk and i'm afraid of heights and it didn't have the railing going around the catwalk and i had uh -huh. to walk across to go see the you know what what they were building and i was it was like i'd crawl and to this day i have a phobia with this catwalk and then every night before I go to bed, I'm always scared. Like, what if I sleepwalk and climb over the and kill myself, jump over the balcony, <laughs> you know, the, the catwalk? It does, it, could that happen? I mean, now I get worried because... That, that would be extraordinarily rare. I wouldn't um, do anything crazy like you, that. <laughs> the people who sleepwalk as adults, I've actually never known one who didn't sleepwalk as a child. Is it possible that it could suddenly emerge? Yes, but it's very, very, very okay. Because I, yeah, it seems like every time, every night I go upstairs to go to bed, I'm like, think I think that, and I go, geez, what if I jump <laughs> over the freaking catwalk yeah. over the railing? Because catwalk phobia. Yes, yeah. I have catwalk phobia. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I did all that. I suffer from that. Cat scratch yeah. fever. Yeah. I had night terrors <laughs> all the all right. time. I mean, I had really bad night terrors. I would scream bloody murder. I'd scare the hell out of my parents. Like, ah, he's in my room. I'm like, who's in your room? It's fucking 18. Yeah. Damn. It's like, so yeah, night day. terrors are way more terrifying for the people in the house than the person who suffered yeah. from them. Yeah. Well, the, 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 peril, the paralysis is, is, uh, but now that I know that I can I can control it with like lucid things like lucid dreaming that I can tell myself, mm -hmm. yeah, it's only a freaking night terror, you know, or sleep paralysis. You're not there isn't the boogeyman, but I do still think the boogeyman's in my closet. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I, that, I'll go. It's like there's a portal in my closet that if you go you walk in and the light comes on at night and you this girl needs help. Yes, she does. You know. <laughs> no. Um, no, that I've always had it, and my kids had it too. Um, the sleep paralysis to this day. Yeah. And my one can he he does all kind of weird stuff. He does astral projection. He sees him. You know, he does all goes to this this realm where there's like shadow people. Yeah. And you know the shadow people. I don't know if any of you ever watched that movie, uh, that TV series on CBS called Evil. 
Yeah, I did. That was creepy, man. That was a creepy show. Yeah, you I, can see the season one on Netflix, and if you're into the paranormal, definitely you should. Uh, Brian, you should you should watch it because it does a lot about sleep paralysis in it. <laughs> Honest to God, Jenny, I couldn't watch. I watched two or three shows, and it just got so so gruesome. I couldn't deal with it no more, and I quit watching. Well, the very first. Well, now I definitely have to watch it. No, the very you should, Brian, because the (laughs) the first couple episodes, there's this sleep. This woman's paralyzed. She has sleep paralysis, and she sees this evil creature in her room, and he mocks her. And that's Mm. exactly what happens when you're when you're in the state of sleep paralysis. When you see things in there, you are mocked. They mock you. Whatever it is, the entities in the room, they actually mock you. And if anybody is in watching the live on Facebook and you have a question for Brian, definitely um, put your comment or question in the chat. We'll love to, you know, spout it out to Brian. Michelle, yeah. if you have one. Yeah, um, I love horror movies, so I'll have to check it out. No, yeah, you evil is is it's so because it's so close to reality because they deal with the Catholic church and the devil and Satan and how, um, all this confliction going on and the evil, um, the, I guess he's their demons in there. And, and basically a lot of people see the sleep. De- I call them sleep demons because they're demons to me. Th- some people who think they were abducted will think that they're alien or ETs. Um, yeah, Getting, every culture kind of puts their own little spin on the experience of sleep paralysis. Yeah. And I so. notice a lot of people and like I go on the different um forums and on Reddit and on Facebook, the alien research ET and stuff. A lot of people with the sightings are seeing having more of these these experiences where they think that there are they're in a sleep paralysis state. But they're not thinking they're thinking it's more um, alien, like they're Uh communicating with them or something that they think they're the chosen ones. And and they're, you know, they're having this conversation with uh, an extraterrestrial. Um, You guys remember when the Astar command, do you know, do you know what Astar? Oh, yeah, yeah. Brian, have you ever heard of that? Uh, Give me a little more detail, maybe. There's these... um, People who there's a spacecraft in our solar system that has these. They're called ash. They're called astar. Was it uh, Jason? What is it? Astar. Astar. Command. They're like (laughs) tongue twister. There's a lot. Yeah, it is very tongue twisty. Um, These these humanoids. They look like us. Um, They're mostly tall. Very good looking. Um, Most of them have blonde hair, blue eyes. And they are in communication with. They sound like Swedish people. Sort of (laughs) like the Vikings. Yeah. 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 And they're in communication with uh, humans. Only a certain, like there's only a few selected people. And now that they're having, they truly believe that we are going to be in contact um, with these, these extraterrestrials that are orbiting, you know, earth and that's why we're seeing an increase with the ufo sightings in the last two years um boots once here we got a question boots aliens are going to make themselves known in july this is from somebody out there cool okay um (laughs) no (laughs) okay brian let's put a scenario okay since we're talking about all this these act 
you know, extraterrestrials, UFO sightings with the Pentagon and all these militaries seeing these. And it's just not United States. It's all over. It's, it's China. It's Japan. It's, uh, you know, Indiopia. It's in um, the Middle East. Um, and most of them are going where there's military um, bases that have nuclear energy. Okay. Now, we're just going to throw that out there. You're a psychologist. And something actually happens that we find out that there's, you know, aliens. Uh, what are you going totally to help? How are you going to help these people from not going nuts? <laughs> okay. well, oh, that's a separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally open to the possibility of extraterrestrials. I, I saw a Roper poll in the U.S. About 67% of the U.S. population is open to that possibility. Where I become more skeptical is the idea that they've been systematically abducting and extracting sperm and eggs for the past 40 years. It really doesn't make sense to me on a logical level. If we think about, I mean, let's, let's go with the stereotype of, of alien craft, how technologically advanced they are. They're far, they would be far ahead of us in terms of technology. So we could get an entire human genome from a drop of blood. So if they wanted to study us or clone us or do something, why would they keep systematically doing the same primitive experiment on people over and over again? I don't see the logic in it. You know, some people will say breathing dying. programs. But again, you could, you could get an entire, you could get all human gen, DNA from one drop of blood. You wouldn't need to abduct and put yourself at risk for being seen hundreds of times. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a strange sort well, of thing. What if they just wanted to make a new creature with us? Yeah, they could just kidnap one of us and not do it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But why Why do these people, there's so many people that actually believe that they're abducted. And some of them are even saying that they were women who were pregnant and then they're no longer pregnant after the abduction. So something happened to the baby. Well, I'd, I'd like to talk to their gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, I, and, and I, I'm, I'm making jokes, but... Uh, you know, I, 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 as someone who's talked to lots of people with sleep paralysis, I, I don't think these people are nuts. I, I think that the experiences are so vivid and so scary. They're just as real as anything else in your environment. So I'm, I, I don't begrudge anybody from feeling that they had something really extraordinary happen to them during these phases. I mm -hmm. really don't. I had it once myself after seven years after I was studying it. So I can tell from firsthand experience how vivid it is. But, um, but again, I think we have to think about what's probable and what's possible and what, what seems to be um, within the realm of what we can explain through other reasons mm -hmm. or if it's something truly that goes beyond the, the bounds of science. So a lot of, I mean, just because a lot of people believe something is not compelling evidence for me. Mm-hmm. We can go lots of history and people believe lots of stupid things. Mm. Well, it's right? like, why would somebody make, I mean, I know they believe that they believe that they were abducted and they believe that they were taken like Travis sure. Walton. He has to take his case that he believes mm. that he was taken up through the white light from the ship, took him on the ship and they did all kind of stuff to him. Why, why couldn't they why they might be highly intelligent, but maybe they just want to know more about the human body or how it works or how can we destroy it with a crazy virus? Maybe. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, 
I, I, I believe they're highly intelligent, but I, too, I, I still believe that they maybe they want to know more about the human body and maybe they are harvesting eggs and sperm to recreate some kind of a super being or something. Yeah, or even the military, there, there was some, there was some information like some uh, form, forms that used to say that the military did it because they were trying to build a super soldier, and they needed, you know, the, I'm not talking alien, I'm talking people in this government military that were doing this um, and taking them underground to Doyce to do these experiments um, because they were wanting to build a super soldier. That seems fairly elaborate, though. Could, wouldn't they have access to people they could uh, No. Where are they going to get the DNA people? From? Who's going to volunteer? Well, are you going to volunteer or not? Well, well, you know I, what? Here, I, I think it's a strange... That. <laughs> that is strange, and I'll tell you why. Because they have the capability of doing it right now without, you know, you know taking somebody's genes or whatever in the hell. If they want to make a superhuman, they're going to make a superhuman. But they're not just doing it. This is how I feel. You know, so I just think they're blowing smoke up everybody's asses just to get, you know, some people rolling. And um, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And if there is a bun if there is a superhuman being going to be coming around, we're going to be dead because it's 30, 40 years down the road. Easily. Well, I don't know about 34. I think something's going to happen. Um, why would the military see all these sightings in the last every day for the last two years now could it be our own military technology i don't know possibly um, possibly okay. but they boots. probably been seeing them since 50s comment um boots what do you mean it's real what's real and what do you what's wrong i don't, I don't i'm not sure i understand your comments tic tac yeah what does tic tac you mean the tic tac that that the tic tac Toe? video tic no, he's talking about no. Those, seriously, I mean, I, I don't know. Something big's going to happen, and are we going to be prepared for? It? And you, as a psychologist, how are you going to prepare for it when crazy people like myself—not crazy, highly emotional people—freak out? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like when the rapture hit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, they didn't have videos about the rapture, people disappearing. They actually have the the military is ha they have Project Blue Beam. Okay, so you're saying it's Project. You know what Project Blue Beam is, Brian? You mean Blue Book? No, Project Blue Beam, where they actually it's like a um, it's like a technology that actually looks like a, a motion picture that they put in the sky that make you looks like you know those sightings of Magic Oria, the Virgin Mary, um. Angel sightings are not real; they're just fake. So okay. he's he's saying he's he's saying it could be a fake alien invasion. I think I think that's what he's trying to say. That could be it. Um, this UFO. Well, it's supposed to come any day now. They, uh, according to um, Fox News and Tucker Carlson, <laughs> he said okay. that is okay. going to um, the Senate's going to look at it. Um, the report's going to be released any day. It would be fascinating. But what can we do? I mean, I'm going to wake up tomorrow <laughs> morning. What am I going to do if I see this superhuman being or whatever's going to happen? You're going to wet yourself. You're going to get dressed. I'll say, come get me. Get me off this damn earth, man. I'll be like, beam no. me up, Scotty. Shit. You're going to butcher meat. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, so if the uh, world ends, the world ends. What can this, we do about it? I mean, what if you think about it? about it, we have had 
roughly similar things happen that blew people's minds. Just think about Columbus. Yeah. What happened with Columbus, and this really gets overlooked, you had Columbus sailing across the ocean, making contact with a people that were never talked about in anything, not in the Bible, not in ancient Greek and Roman philosophy. It was almost like he, they, he went to another world. Yep. And it took a while for people to really wrap their heads around this, the implications of, of what it meant to discover the new world. So from my perspective, I think, you know, if, if, if aliens are out there, and I'm, again, I'm open to the possibility they are, I think people will adapt to it. I think it'll be, it'll yeah. be, it'll freak people out and, and we'll be nervous and we might have good reason to be nervous. We might not, but uh, we'll adapt to it. I mean, we've been living with uh, nuclear weapons for a long time, haven't we? Oh yeah. Yes. I thought, I thought it would be very exciting, Brian. Yeah, it, it could be, it could be scary. It could be frightening. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it'd be, yeah. <laughs> um, a comment from Boots said the holographic simulator, that's what project blue blue, is a holographic simulated alien invasion to usher in one world government. Hmm. Uh, Build back better. We're going to tear it down and make it better. New world order, maybe. That's similar to the plot of the original Watchmen comic books, too. Uh, sort of institute <laughs> a world peace through uh, an alien <laughs> invasion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if we all start sleepwalking when this is all going on? <laughs> Well, we that's won't be conscious, so we won't, it no. won't bother us. <laughs> Seriously, Brian, that's how they can get us. If they put us in some kind of a glamour situation like vampires and control our minds, all of a sudden we get out of bed and we start sleepwalking to a certain place at a FEMA camp or something, they set up these aliens to control us and put us in this prison type and use us as slaves. Hmm. I don't know. I would think I'm going to be thinking about having some sleep paralysis <laughs> Again, I think I'd like to see some evidence on that before I'm going to buy into it. <laughs> that's, that's a good question, Brian. That's a good question. How can we give you evidence? How yeah. can we give it to Ooh, you? Yeah, that's a good one. Say well, some electrobes on us and hook us I, up? I think uh, physical proof is always good. If I saw an alien that uh, had different DNA, and I'd, I'd totally buy it. I'm just saying, but no, I mean, usually, I mean, the sad thing is that a lot with a lot of these reports, they're based on firsthand narratives. So the anecdotal evidence, that's sort of the lowest thing on the realm, on the ladder of science, right? Because we can believe all sorts of things. We all have false memories, for instance, me too. Uh, in fact, one of my friends who is a false memory researcher realized that he had been telling a story for years that was completely not true. That was a complete false memory. His oh, name's wow. Chris French. He wrote about this. Um, so not even false memory researchers are immune to uh, having memories that never really happened. If you get told certain things, and especially if you seek out um, hypnotists, which if you look in um, a, a number of the people who believe that something happened to them, they were abducted by aliens, they would seek out a hypnotist. And hypnosis is notorious for um, having the possibility of instilling false memories, especially oh, wow. if the hypnotist and the person being hypnotized are believers themselves. Hmm. So Sounds it's good to be cautious of these things. Yep, it is. And uh, hmm. we're going to have to leave it at that, Brian, because we just got a little wrap-up. 
we got to wrap it up. So um, it was great to have you on for our anniversary. Yeah, Brian. Um, Happy anniversary, you. everybody. Thank you, Thank you special. for joining us. And as soon as we get <laughs> those you. aliens, the Senate report, we'll have to have you on when they have proof. But thanks I again. I would love to talk about that. <laughs> well, thank you again. Check out where you can thanks, reach Brian. um, Brian's information on the Facebook page. Guys, thanks again for joining us. And see you later from Chase and Prophecy. Have a great evening, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.